Welcome and thanks for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. To learn more about Community Christian Church, visit us online at cccsterling.org. Today's message comes from Pastor Tony Ria. Once again, good morning. Welcome to Community Christian Church. So good to have you with us. Thank you for being here and thank you for tuning in. Today's the first Sunday in May, and with the exception of last year, here at Community Christian Church, the first Sunday in May is synonymous with Mission Sunday. During Mission Sunday, the first Sunday in May, for the past nine or ten years, we always receive a special missions offering with the goal in mind to try and raise the finances that we need uh, to create a missions and outreach budget for the entire year. Uh, Well, last year, if you remember with me, because of the pandemic, we did not host Mission Sunday in May, but we waited until November. And in the process, we changed things up a bit, and we kind of rebranded the whole mission concept, and we called it Give Back Sunday. Remember that? We did that in November. And you heard Pastor Chris talking about it just a few moments ago, Because of your generosity and because you were uh, so willing to show overwhelming support, Give Back Sunday was a huge success. And so you know what you do with successes. You repeat them. And so we're going to do the same thing again this year. We are not going to have a missions offering this morning. We're going to wait until November. And once again, and this is the spiel that I've been giving you for years and years, and it's, it's low-key, it's not a high-pressure spiel, but we're asking all Community Christian Church families to prayerfully consider making a contribution, a sizable contribution, to our missions endeavor. And in the past, I've given you a recommendation, I've maybe uh, threw out a, a number for a suggestion just to guide you. We didn't do that last year, we're not going to do that this year. We're just going to ask you to pray about what you might give, how the Lord might lead you in this endeavor so that we can meet the needs of people who are so desperate and so needy. And so I'm going to ask you to pray about your gift, and I promise you this, whatever God shows you or reveals to you, I'm going to be good with that. Whatever number God gives you, I'm going to be happy with. And so again, uh, we're not going to uh, be receiving an offering today. We're going to do that in November. And we'll let you know the date as soon as we have it. You can go ahead and give your missions offering at any time from now until the end of the year. Some of you have already done that, and we appreciate your kindness and your sacrifice. But again, the way that this works, the way that it's worked in the past, is with 100% participation, we all must be willing to do our part. And so we'll be telling you more about Give Back Sunday in the months to come. All right, let's read a few verses from the Gospel of Luke. This is the first time in three months that when we've been turning to a gospel, it, hasn't, it's, it wasn't the gospel of Mark. It's going to be Luke, okay? In the past, uh, that's what we've been doing now. Uh, we've gone through the, the gospel of Mark. Let's go to Luke today. Luke chapter 17. We're going to begin reading with verse 11. Now it happened as Jesus went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then... As he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. They lifted up their voices and they said, Jesus, Master, 
have mercy on us. So when Jesus saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, that the leprosy was gone, he returned and with a loud voice, what kind of a voice? With a loud voice, he glorified God. He fell down on his face at Jesus' feet, giving Jesus thanks, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus helped him back to his feet and said, thank you, right? No. Were there not ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to him, arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. All right, here in this incredible miracle account, we have ten lepers. Ten men who were outcasts because they all possessed a dreadful disease. They had leprosy. A contagious and deadly disease that prohibited them from enjoying the normal pleasures of life. Because of their leprosy, because of their condition, they were not allowed to interact socially with their family members, with their neighbors or their friends. And as we just read in these verses a couple of seconds ago, it even caused them to stand at a distance from everybody else. In fact, lepers were required to cry out, unclean, unclean, just to let people know so that they wouldn't come near. So these ten men, they're together, and they heard that Jesus was passing through their little village, their little town, and they knew about Jesus of Nazareth, and they began to cry out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And Jesus did what Jesus always does. He was moved with compassion, and he responded accordingly, and all ten lepers were cleansed. All ten of them no longer had leprosy. But only one of the ten had the decency to come back to Jesus and to say thank you. Only one was willing to come and express and show his appreciation for what Jesus had done after he had asked him for some help. Now, you've heard me comment on this in the past. An attitude of entitlement is so prevalent in our culture today that sometimes it prevents us from having thankful or grateful hearts. We have been blessed with so much. And we have enjoyed such financial blessing in this life that sometimes we fall into the trap of not even acknowledging the kindness of others. Just taking for granted the things that come our way and not even remembering to say thank you. However, being thankful for all that God has done for us and everything that he continues to do, how many know that's a really big deal to God? Amen. And here in this passage that we just read, when only one of the ten returned to give a little glory to God and to say thank you, a rarely negative and rarely critical Jesus was compelled to ask a question. Where are the other nine? 
I fully expected to see ten men. Are you telling me that only one came back to throw God a little bit of glory? And under normal circumstances, whenever I feel led to preach on this particular passage, whenever I read it, or whenever I review it it for myself, I'm always going to make a really big deal about being thankful. That's where I'm going to land, is on this whole idea of having a grateful heart. Especially since 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, give thanks in what? In all circumstances. Give thanks in every circumstance. Why would we want to do that? Because this is God's will for, for you and me in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances, regardless of what you're going through. Be quick to offer appreciation and gratitude for everything that happens in your life because this is God's will concerning you. So many people today want to find the will of God. You know, they, they'll do a lot. They'll jump through a bunch of hoops to find God's will. Here's part of it right here. Having a thankful and a grateful heart. It's acknowledging the good things that are happening in your life. And again, whenever this story comes up, whenever we talk about the ten lepers, I'm going to talk about Thanksgiving like it's going out of style. However, for the purpose of this little mini message this morning, I want to draw your attention to another little element here in this story. Something I probably have never seen or talked about before. But I think we should take a little time to to look at it. It's found in verse 14. Luke chapter 17 and verse 14. When Jesus saw them, when he saw the ten lepers, they cried out. Jesus looked in their direction. He could tell what was going on. He said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that as they went... They were cleansed. Do you see that? As they went to show themselves to the priest or on their way to the temple to show themselves to the priest, that's when they were cleansed. That's when they were healed. All right, here we go. Ten men who had a terrible, dreadful, most feared terminal illness in that day, leprosy, no, no cure for leprosy. They cried out to Jesus and they asked Jesus to help them. And I challenge you to go through the Gospels and to make a list of how Jesus responded when people had a need. Read through the Gospels, all four of them. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read the narratives and try to find every situation when people asked Jesus for help, how Jesus responded. When people were alone, when they were afraid, when they were steeped in sin, when they were filled with doubt, when they were under oppression of the enemy, when they were where the bodies were riddled with disease, even to the point of death. Typically, the response of Jesus was what? Healing. Yeah, compassion and then healing. 
On the other side of an engagement or an encounter with Jesus, lives were changed. Situations were changed. People were healed. And Jesus would either lay hands on the people who were in need, or he would speak a word that would just go into place, and that word would change situations. Or on other occasions, he would get a little bit more creative, like the time when he made a little mud mixture of healing, using dirt in his spit. But regardless of what he did, typically people's lives were corrected, the situations were changed, and people were healed. And again, you can track this through the Gospels. It would be a great assignment for you to do, just to read what Jesus did when he encountered needy people. It happened to the man with the withered hand. And to the crippled Jewish woman who was completely bent over. It happened to Jairus' dead daughter. To the woman who had the issue of blood for 12 years. The man who was born blind. The 38-year invalid that hung out at the pool of Bethesda, unable to be healed. Friend, I can go on like this all day long. When Jesus encountered needy people, he laid his hands on them. He spoke a healing word. And their lives were changed. Their lives were corrected. However, here in Luke chapter 17 and verse 14, probably the only time that I can find it in the scripture, instead of saying to these ten lepers, be cleansed, instead of sending a healing word to them and saying, okay, be healed, what did Jesus do? He gave them instructions. He didn't speak a word of healing over them. He didn't change their lives at that moment. He said to these ten lepers, I want you to go show yourselves to the priest. I want you to make your way to the temple and let the priest examine you. And the scripture says, on their way, or as they went, what? They were cleansed. You see, after they left the place of instruction, after they were willing to do what Jesus asked them to do, after Jesus made a request and they decided to obey it, that's when the miracle happened. Nothing changed for these ten lepers. Nothing at all was made better until they decided that they were going to follow Jesus' instructions. And once they'd made up their minds to do that, and they made a turn toward the temple, and they said, let's do this thing, they were healed. And so I dare say that if these disciples, pardon me, if these ten lepers would have had the same response as Naaman the Syrian way back in the Old Testament and refused to go do what Jesus asked them to do, they probably would have remained lepers and would have died in that condition. But what changed it all for them what made a difference in their lives was their willingness to follow Jesus' instructions. Can you see the power of those three words? On their way, or as they went. You see, sometimes all the good things happen on the way. Situations, they change. Miracles occur. Life gets better on the way. 
spiritually speaking, it's a place called from here to there. A place where you're at right now to the place where God is leading you. You see, the Bible gives us crystal clear instructions on how to be recipients of the very best that God has to offer. Earlier during the communion, I was talking about covenant relationship. We're in a covenant relationship with God. And God wants to bless us with the very best that he has for us. And he gives us instruction in his word. But you know, sometimes we want to bypass those instructions. We want to find a shortcut. You know, we think God's way might be a little bit different than the way we want to do things. So we come up with our own plan. And we don't do exactly what the Word of God tells us to do. Can I tell you with the exception of salvation, and listen very carefully, salvation is a free gift from God, absolutely free. You can't earn it, you can't deserve it. We all know that. It's given to us by God's grace. And with the exception of this wonderful God-given gift called salvation, most every other spiritual blessing that we receive comes with stipulations and conditions found in the Word of God. Sometimes the blessings of God are conditional. And there's a certain way that we have to live. We have to be willing to follow His instructions if we're going to see change come to our lives. The point that I'm trying to make here with this story is those ten lepers would have stayed ten lepers if they would not have followed Jesus' instructions. And Jesus himself is the one who gave us the formula for receiving God's top financial blessing. It's found in Luke chapter 6 and verse 38. You know it well. Give. Say that. One more time. Give, and it shall be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. That's a pretty good blessing. How many of you would like to have blessing like that from God? We all would. That's what we want to receive from God. But the secret to capturing that divine financial favor is found in the very first word of that verse, Luke 6:38. Give. It's give. Be generous. Think about others. Share the good things you have with needy people. And on your way, when you do that, as you go about doing that, as you make your way from here to there, that's when God is going to pour out a miraculous provision on your life. And here's the best part of this whole thing when it comes to giving. And I have attempted to communicate this to you on many different occasions and you talk to anybody who's allowed this principle to get deep in their heart and they will confirm what I am saying. The best part about this whole idea of giving and generosity is it's God who gives us the grace to be generous in the first place. It's not something that we would do on our own. Generosity is a God-given attribute. It comes right from the heart of God, from his heart to our heart. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning with verse 6 says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. 
Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, not because of obligation or be, you're being forced to, for God loves what? A cheerful giver. Not just a giver, but a happy camper. Someone who gets excited about blessing others. Someone who actually enjoys meeting needs. Verse 10 goes on to say, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, who would that be? God. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. Did you catch that? It's the Lord who provides for us. The scripture says every good thing we have comes from his hand. No matter what we have, how smart we are, how creative we are, it's been God who's allowed us to do that. And he provides for us, and this passage of scripture tells us, specifically tells us that he will increase our supply of seed. It's God who provides us with seed. And seed is very important because it's designated for one purpose and one purpose only. Anybody know? Yeah, you sow seed. You plant it. You scatter it and you throw it out. Seed was never intended for us. When God gives us a bag of seed and the scripture says he makes that available to us, he increases our store of seed. He doesn't want us to eat the seed or to use the seed for ourselves. Seed is to be planted, it's to be sown, it's to be given. And when we do that, that's when we will reap a very favorable harvest. You can't have a harvest if you don't sow any seed. The instructions that Jesus gives, what he tells us to do, if, things want, if you want things to change in your life, if you want to see improvement, if you want to understand the provision of God, he says you have to go from here to there. And on your way to doing that, you will see things change. Give, and it shall be given back to you. All right. Appreciate you listening to that. Some of you, again, look like you believe me. How many of you have learned that that's a pretty good principle that's found in the Word of God? Pretty solid. Okay. In the time remaining this morning, what I'd like to do is conduct a little community Christian church business, and what we want to do is ordain two pastors. And here at Community Christian Church, we hold pastors in high esteem. Uh, we don't call everybody pastors. I know a lot of churches do that, and, and, and that's great, uh, but we want to see our pastors, the, 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 the men and the women that we ordain uh, in accordance with our bylaws, we want to see three key elements in every one of these pastoral candidates. First of all, we want to see the call of God on their life. We want to know that God has called them to be a pastor. It's not just because they have charisma. It's not just because they, you know, they have a good gift of gab or they can smile or they know the scripture. We really want to see the call of God, the anointing of God on their lives. And when someone has a shepherd's heart, when they're called to ministry, it should be pretty evident and obvious to all of us. So that's first. We want to see the call of God. Secondly, we want uh, the person that we're ordaining to um, walk in that experience for a little while before we pass along the ordination. We want to see them in action. 
in that role, you know, working as a pastor, doing the kinds of things that pastors do. It's more than just standing up here and speaking. There's a lot more to it. And so we want uh, the pastors that we ordain to experience that a little bit. We want to see them in action. And then thirdly, we want them to get a little extra training or a little bit of extra education. Now, we're not talking about a, uh, you know, a bachelor's degree in, Michigan, in, in, in ministry. We're not talking about having a college degree. But we would like to see them pursue the training and, and to continue their education more than just doing a Bible study here and there. And so the two men that we want to ordain uh, this morning, they meet all three of those requirements and more. And the first man is Tyler Green. Tyler has been here at Community Christian Church uh, as our children's director. Uh, he attended, uh, started attending our church uh, 13 or 14 years ago when he was in junior high. And all through his junior high and high school years, Pastor Chris and Megan mentored Ty. They spent a lot of time with Tyler. They worked with him. They, they taught him the scriptures. They showed him what ministry is all about. And then after graduation, Tyler went to Oral Roberts University he got his degree there in 2015. He was married, married Darlene. Then came back to Michigan shortly after that. And in 2017, we hired him here as our children's director. And so basically, Tyler has been operating in that role of pastor for the past four years. He's been doing that. He's been doing the work of a pastor, even though he hasn't had that title. And then a couple of weeks ago during the Mark series, when Tyler talked about the Great Commission, and shared that message with, with us. Was there any doubt in anybody's mind that he's called to full-time ministry? I mean, he did a tremendous job communicating that message. And in addition to ordaining Tyler as a pastor this morning, we also want to give him a promotion. At least we're telling him it's a promotion. You know, uh, What's going to happen is Tyler is going to be our next-gen pastor, our next-generation pastor, and oversee children, youth, and young adults, all three of those groups. He's going to have help and teams to work with for all of them, but Tyler will be the manager or the director over all three. So Tyler's the first pastor, and then the second one is Dave Cummings. Rightly so. Dave and his family, his wife Renee and their kids have been attending Community Christian Church for probably 20 years. And back in 2004, when we were still in our first building, what we call the Phase 1 building, which is now the Youth Sanctuary, I tapped Dave on the shoulder. I had known him for a couple of years at the time, and I said, Dave, did you ever think about or pray about being in full-time ministry? And at the time, Dave was working for General Motors, and he has a master's degree in organizational management. Now, Dave, during that conversation, did not surprise me, uh, and, and he, did, he did tell me that the Lord had put that in his heart, that it was something that he had thought about when he was younger, when he first got saved, that one day he might be in ministry. Did I mention to you that he has a master's degree in organizational management? And at the time, in 2004, we desperately needed someone who could organize our church and move us from our phase one building, the first building, to this sanctuary. 
And so I met with Dave. We talked about it. And we put together a little package. You know, we couldn't pay him what he was getting paid at General Motors, but we came up with a pay schedule that we both could agree on, one that would work for him and one would work for the church. And I brought this proposal to the board of directors in 2004, and the, the board of directors, I love these guys, I always have, they denied my request. They admitted that we needed at this point in our ministry a, an administrator, an executive administrator, but they thought we could get one a little bit cheaper. In fact, one board member says we could get a good administrator, a great administrator for $10,000 less than what you want to pay Dave. I, I, I don't care if we can get one cheaper, I said. I want Dave. He's got a master's degree in organizational management. So we went back and forth. And it took about three months for me to convince these guys that this was the right way to go. I mean, they, I didn't quit. I didn't shrink back. I, I refused to, to go after Dave. And finally, they gave me the green light. And we hired Dave. And Dave has been our executive administrator here for the past 16 years. And he's done an incredible job. And I say this wherever I go to everyone who will listen to me, and I mean it with all my heart, every church, in fact, every organization needs a Dave Cummings. He's truly a gifted individual. I mean that with all my heart. Now, about a year ago, a little, a little over a year ago, uh, right when the pandemic hit and we were going into lockdown, the senior leadership team uh, at the staff level met together, and we knew that one thing that we were going to have to do if we were going to keep our church together and keep our church going is to make connections with everybody. We were going to have to try and do a really good job of, of letting you know that we are praying for you, we care about you, and checking in on you. And we did a pretty good job of that in the past, but we knew we had to get better at it. And so back in March, I asked Dave if he would be willing to head up a pastoral care team and their number one objective would be to, be to do just that, to connect with people and, to, and, to, and make sure that everybody knew how much we loved them and if there was any needs that we would, we would be praying for them, we'd do our part. And, and during that year, year and a couple of months, Dave found a new home, did an absolutely wonderful job, and he has really embraced the pastoral side of ministry. And so he's going to continue doing some of the things that he's been doing uh, with the administration, but he's also going to move into this role as well. And I, I just know with both Tyler and with Dave, this is going to be a great plan for us now and in the future. So I'm going to ask Dave and Renee and Tyler and Darlene to please come up onto the stage at this time. And what we want to do is we want to lay hands on them and ordain them. I'm also going to call uh, our elders to come as well. Pastor Chris and Megan, you can join me up on the platform, Therese. Megan, can you grab that microphone right there? Let's give them another round of applause. Thank you guys so much. Come on, Pastor again. I've asked Linda Stallwood, uh, one of our main elders, a gal that knows how to touch heaven and really get a hold of God to pray uh, a prayer of ordination over them. 
Let's lay hands on member. Father, we come before you in the authority of the name of Jesus. We are so grateful for this moment, Father, and we're so grateful for these young men and their families. And Father, this is a very solemn occasion. We take it very seriously. We thank you, Father, for the call that is evident upon their lives. And Father, more than that, their willingness to heed the call. Father, we thank you that your callings are your enablings and that you are equipping David and Tyler, Father, for this ordination. Father, you know the plans that you have for them. And we thank you, Lord, that even now you're beginning to unfold those plans in a greater measure. Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit that dwells within them. And we ask you, Father God, that it would be stirred and stirred and stirred. That it would burn deep within them. Father, that you would be a, cons a consistent source of encouragement. And that you would grant them the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Father, we thank you for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're praying, Lord, that there will be such an infilling on these young men that they've not tasted it before. But there will be a hunger and a thirst for more and more of you. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that covers their lives. We pray a bloodline around them, their minds, their bodies, their spirits, their homes, their hearts, and their ministries. Father, we thank you for increase. Increase in the natural and in the spiritual, Father, as they continue to hear and listen. There are many voices in this world, but Father, we thank you that they hear your voice. They know your voice. We thank you for boldness and courage to speak the word of God, not watered down, not customized, oh, but the truth of the word of God. We thank you, Father, that you'll burn that truth in their hearts first, that they will know it, they'll chew on it, they will be filled with it, and the conviction of the Holy Ghost will be so strong that lives will be changed. Father, they're here to honor you. Their hearts are for you. And Lord, you said that your heart is for them as well. We thank you. We praise you, Father, for this growth and this promotion. And as we ordain them today, Father, we ask that you would seal this moment, that it would be a place where they would build an altar it would be a place of remembrance, Father, that even as they encounter and they grow in the years to come, that they'll look back on this day and they know that they met with you right here, right now, that they will return to this place and be encouraged, steadfast and strong in your truth and in your spirit, Father, that you have called them for such a time as this. And Father, I thank you that they will have such high expectations that whatever you call them to do, you, they'll be able to do it. 
that you will never be marginalized in their lives, but they will always say with, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Father, I thank you that even now you're drawing them closer and closer to you. They will have ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts to respond to what the Holy Spirit is speaking. Father, we thank you and we praise you and we ordain them in the authority of the name of Jesus for your ministry, for your gifts, and for the gift they are to this body and beyond. Father, we thank you and we praise you. In your holy and precious name, we ask these mercies. Amen. Thank you, Linda, for that beautiful, wonderful prayer. You guys, congratulations again. Dave, Tyler, appreciate you. Make sure that you pass along some encouragement to them whenever you get a chance, okay? God bless you so much. Thank you for coming today. Have a great day. Thanks again for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. For more messages like this and other resources, visit us online at cccsterling.org.